Wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your RSS feed, and if you really like us, you can hit us with a five-star review on iTunes, and if you really, really, really like us, you could have donated over at patreon.com slash badbit, but please, please, instead, go to savethechildren.com. They need your help. Go over there. With all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? Bravo, Mr. Yeah. Badbit. That was, uh, we were just saying before, like, uh, we asked our guests how many times that the intro is, is kind of messed up, and because yeah. notoriously, Joe, almost every week, almost. two or three takes. Sometimes, that was, sometimes that I was get it. perfect. That, that was, was great. Because per- I, yeah. I kind of studied a little bit on Patreon. I was like, oh, no. But I owned it. That was my yeah, thing. I was, yeah, I was yeah. owning it. Um, Kyle, you, you, yes. you uh, your family had a health scare. You, you, yeah. you posted on Twitter. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything's good. Uh, for mm-hmm. those that are not aware, uh, last week my dad had a fever and he was coughing for a while. Um, so we brought him to the doctor. They said it was either appendicitis because he was having pain in his, his abdominal region mm. um, or the coronavirus. He got tested for corona twice. Uh, both came back negative. Awesome. It is appendicitis. He's feeling much better. Hopefully we'll have him home in a couple of days. But uh, I want to express my deepest gratitude to everyone in the community and everyone on Twitter and, and Facebook, whatever. Just keeping my family in their thoughts and prayers. I, it means the world to me. Yeah. Then man, again, I'm so happy that your family's okay, that it, it is negative. And, uh, mm-hmm. I know we said originally we didn't want to bring that much Corona talk into the show, but only if it mattered this week, yeah. we got a ton of stuff, but we also got a very special guest with us. And yes, that is do. Mr. Khalif from spawn on me. How are you saying? What up, what up, what up, everybody? I hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to rock with you. Plus, mm-hmm. it's the folks who may not be able to see the video stuff. I'm seeing a beautiful New York Mets uh, a logo in the back of the room, which means yes. that we are now family oh. uh, because of this. Hell yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited to rock with you. Dude, and you That's know so what? Fun. I have the spawn on me shirt. Dumb, dumb me didn't decide to wear it tonight. That would have been a great. Well, no, maybe it's better that way because you don't. You know, you usually if you're at a concert, you don't wear your band's favorite. You know, the, your band shirt. <laughs> yeah. is bad luck. <laughs> better that way. But Khalif, if anybody doesn't know who you are, what you do, please elevator pitch. Who are you? What spawn on me? All that jazz. Yeah, so uh, I'm Khalif Adams. I've been rocking the Spawn on Me podcast for the past six years. Uh, we spotlight people of color in the gaming industry. Uh, it's been fantastic to be able to meet and greet and hang out with so many folks in the community and rock with you all tonight. Um, so yeah, if you want to have conversations around all the things that most podcasts don't want to talk about in the gaming space, that's the place to come is uh, over at Spawn on Me and we'll have those conversations for real for real. Yeah, and honestly, goodness, you have some of the best interviews on the internet. It's it's not simplistic. It gets down to the nitty gritty of not just what it's like in the gaming industry or in the tech field, but what it's like as a person of color. And you do a fantastic job of bringing each perspective to life. And I I appreciate appreciate them greatly. You did one of my favorites. You did was I think in like February at Dice. You interviewed I think the president of the ESA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, Stanley Pierre Lewis on, who is the CEO and uh, president of the ESA. Mm. Um, and you, if you have not been paying attention to all the news that's been happening around E3 of last year and in E3 this year, 
um, it was a pretty insightful conversation about the future of where E3 was kind of going yeah. and, you know, the perspective that Stanley was going to bring as the kind of new head of the 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 outfit uh, and try to make things a little bit better for folks. But it sucks because now there's no E3 because of all the other things that are happening in the world. So he has to kind of wait and put his actual plans into motion, uh, you know, another year away from now. And trust me, we're going to talk about it in this episode because today we are talking about E3's digital event being canceled. We're going to talk about the DualShock 5 controller finally revealed, or the DualSense controller, rather. I'm going to get that wrong a lot in this episode. I can feel it. And of course, <laughs> The Last of Us 2 delayed indefinitely. But before we get into all of that, a little segment I like to call What You've Been Playing. I'm going to go to you, Kyle. Kyle, yeah. what have you been playing, my man? Uh, not much uh, because of the family stuff, but um, I wanted something to kind of like just mindlessly play and mm. for me that's borderlands so i played uh more of the borderlands 3 dlc uh guns love and tentacles um one of the best dlcs borderlands has ever had it is it is so damn good i love the the, the gothic soundtrack i love the gothic style the voice acting the new uh the, the new characters that are come in i love their voice actors and the performance they give um i think i might have said this last week but mm. i i feel like the story in this is better than the Borderlands 3 main mm-hmm. story. I, I like the writing more in this one than the actual main campaign. Um, and it's great. It's a good solid six, seven hours more if you want to do, hit everything and yeah. and hit max level. They're um, also doing something yeah. with science, right? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I found that out after I, I finished the, the main campaign of the DLC. Mm-hmm. I went to Sanctuary and I saw one of the exclamation points for a new mission. And I go up to um, the med bay, and there's, like, an arcade machine there. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I plug it in, and then Mayim Bialik from, like, Big Bang Theory and, and um, <laughs> Blossom from back in the day, who is a real scientist, yeah. uh, is talking about, like, hey, by playing this, you're helping us, like, uh, help scientists around the world deal with uh, learning about DNA and, and, and everyone's intricacies and how that will help go out. It was kind of like, a, what was it, Folding Home on PS3? Okay. Where yep. you just let it running and it would use your PS3 for computing power. That's and so you, like, you play like a, a puzzle game and um, by doing that you're helping scientists build out the formula and help... You know, help science, which is awesome. And you, 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 when you do the puzzles, you get in-game currency, which then you can buy for boosts in the main game. So, like an hour of increased loot loot drops or um, level boosting, like for Mm. uh, thirty minutes or whatever. Like it's cool. It rewards you for doing it, and it's for a good cause. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I know uh, Ed Placencia was playing it on Twitch like for hours. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, that's dope. Uh, yeah. It looks it looks super interesting for me. I've been playing this little game called Resident Evil Three Remake. We just did a road to greatness on it with uh, the amazing Joe after work, and um, yeah, it's it's. It's a game, all right. If you enjoyed, <laughs> Ring that is a back, back of the box quote. If there ever was one, it's a game, all right. Because like I have so many conflicting thoughts on it. Like there are, a, you know, the the first thirty minutes is fantastic. Arguably, the first hour fantastic, and the last hour fantastic. But then there's some design choices like the the dodge mechanic that I just could not get behind. I know, Kelly. Have you have you played it? Any? I'm playing it. I think I'm right towards the last set. They're probably like in the last like 
10 to 15 minutes of that game. Yeah. And right now, I'll be honest. Go for it. It is. It, if we were to do like the, we have a thing uh, at Spawn and Me called the Spawnies that we do every year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if if there was a Spawny that would it would be getting, it would be the most disappointing game so far of 2020. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. I can uh, because the second one was so great. It was the second one was fantastic, yeah, and, and the third one feels a lot like the the remix that nobody wanted. Mm, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they they had really good intentions, but the actual execution is 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 piss poor in a lot of different ways. Mm. Um, but I, but I am playing it and it's weird because I can't, I can't say I'm enjoying, enjoying (laughs) in the same ways that I thought Mm. that I would. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and besides the actual main game, Mm -hmm. I wish that I could take Capcom's by, by the collar right now (laughs) and shake them because the online and multiplayer component of that game is one of the dumbest, most Ah. terrible pieces of shit. That I have oh, seen in a long time. It is so unbelievably bad. Damn. Um, that I had to stop playing it out of fear, out of just pure frustration and just mm. being mad at the world after I finished it. Like, <laughs> why would you do this to me? Yeah, to me, I, like I got, I got a few disconnects. I was like, I don't really need to play this. I just want to play the story. And like for me, like I, I like Jill. Carlos actually grew on me. Uh, yep. It's just the goddamn dodge mechanic and the beginning chase scenes. I absolutely loathed. Yeah, his hit the hitbox on uh, Nemesis is like the size of a fifty-five inch screen. TV. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like like you have to have fighting game Sonic Sonic. Uh, what's his name? Who plays the fighting games right now? Oh, uh, Sonic Fox. Right? Sonic Fox yeah. timing. Yeah. to get out of the way of a nemesis swipe. It's stupid. It's, it's like just not even well done. God. You know what though? Listen again. At the end of the day. I did enjoy it a lot as it got towards the later end of the game. Mm-hmm. I do say wait for a sale on this one uh, because if at best it feels like more Resident Evil 2 remake. And when it feels like that, it's great, but it just feels more of it. Uh, and then at times it just gets frustrating because that dodge mechanic is just super unreliable. I understand it's a horror game supposed to be, but man, it didn't feel good, but Khalif, I, I saw that you put something in the notes here that I'm, I'm very interested about. Yeah. Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake. Yes. I have been playing. Tell me about uh, it. I got a copy. Shout out to Square Enix for, for hooking me up with a copy um, early. So the, the, the TLDR of it, because I don't want to dig too much into it, it just yeah. yet, because I'm, I'm probably about halfway through. So I'll preface this for your audience and everybody else who's going to be listening from Spawn to Me as well, is so... I was a notorious Final Fantasy VII hater. Ooh. Like, if there was a banner that I could fly really high, it would be like, yo, Final Fantasy ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> but so the, instead of my Mets flag back here, it'd be that. If Final Fantasy VII was a, was a, a, a baseball team, it would be the Yankees. Ooh. Okay. And I'm okay. from the Bronx, so that tells you a that. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So... The, the TLDR of, bit of that basically was like, I never played Final Fantasy VII when it initially came out mm-hmm. in, what, 97 or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I waited. Uh, it just wasn't on my radar, and I, and I didn't play it, and I wasn't really into JRPGs in, in that way at all. Um, played it later where, later when the Vita uh, version came out mm-hmm. and, and just didn't have frame of reference for what that game was. And the, the kind of spontaneous battles that you just randomly move from pixel to pixel and wind yourself into a fight. That was a huge part of my disappointment with that game. I just didn't understand what the reasons were for it. Now, the remake, 
I have to say is in terms of the visuals, in terms of the, uh, the combat, they have leaps and bounds changed the way that that game feels, plays and looks mm-hmm. in fantastic ways. So for that part of them, I give, you know, Square massive kudos for, for what they've been able to pull off. Cause I think that um, is what you want from a remake. You want to see that reimagining of, of what that may be. Yeah. But the, the thing that's sticking with me right now, and this is the part that's going to give me, that's going to get me thrown off a bridge by all the final, final fantasy lovers. <laughs> Go for it. Is I have no idea why this story is, is the story that they've given people in this game. Like, I know it's the same story from before with some yeah. tweaks to it. Yeah. But as a person who is basically coming to the series new and coming to this particular game as a new player, I have no reason to care about any of the people in this goddamn story. Damn. Okay. I don't care about any of them. It's one of the things, too, mm-hmm. where if you think about the kind of uh, initial thrust of the conversation around that game, it's like this. It's it's a it's a against the man conversation. Yeah. Right? It's like these eco terrorists who are who are avalanche are trying to take down the Shinra Corporation. And I can't front right now. I'm shoot. I'm like rooting for Shinra. I'm like, yo, kill these dudes, yo. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like yo, these dudes. We're no purpose in this in this damn life. Yo, shoot these people in yeah, the face. Yeah. Why are they still here? No reason. <laughs> no reason for these people to exist. But other than that, because like I'm not a Final Fantasy like person as well. Like I don't get yeah. the love. I uh, I found out what a chocobo was at uh, Final Fantasy <laughs> fifteen. Uh, I, I don't get it, but like, there's something about Final Fantasy VII that's clicking for me, and it is that combat. Uh, I'm super yes. interested in it. I know some of the textures look wonky as fuck. Like, yeah, so, like anybody that isn't a main character, yikes. But Kyle, do you have yeah. any retort? Do you have any retort, man? I mean, I, I'm just sitting here just kind of soaking it all in because I do love Final Fantasy VII and I <laughs> love Final no, Fantasy General. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I. In terms of like the story and why why you don't care about them, I totally get it because for mm. me it didn't click until after the section that we're getting in this first remake oh, okay. uh, when I first played it. So like there are there are things that happen that make you really fall in love and care about them, but it's just mm. I knew that was one of the hurdles going into this first part that that there was so much more to these characters that and how far they grow after this Midgar section mm-hmm. that it will be like you were saying uh Khalif that it's just like not you don't really care they're a bunch of like assholes and like mm. it's real yes. it's, it's real hard to root for them in, in their current state all right yeah and I'm waiting for that turn right yeah, I'm waiting for, for sure. that twist to happen that because I you know you hear the lore from what everyone has talked about over the god knows how many years that yeah. the game has come out yeah and people are like just wait just wait yep. till this thing happens and then you wait till this thing happens but I'm like Yo, Cloud is one of the most unlikable characters in in I, gaming history. I Why are people so hyped about all. Cloud? <laughs> I have no clue. It's mostly the sword and the hair. I, yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. I mean, look, for real, for real, like on a no bullshit meter. Yeah, you have all these all these fine women who are trying to smash Cloud, mm-hmm. and Cloud is like, it's like it's like if Megan The Stallion was like, yo, I'm gonna try to give you the draws. It's like I'm gonna give you the draws. If you just if you take the draws, I'm gonna give you the draws. One of the finest women on the planet, I'm gonna give you the draws. And me as Cloud Strife is like, I'm a soldier. <laughs> I don't want them draws. Like that's a bullshit lies, Cloud. And then, and then they do these weird grunts. He's like, Ugh. I'm like, oh, yeah. This? I'm like, yo, Cloud, you are fronting your ass off. You know you want the draws. Just take the draws. <laughs> everybody trying to get everybody's trying to get Cloud the draws, and he does not want to give up the draws. Dude, that's it's stupid. That's fucking ridiculous. Because Tifa, Tifa, a cutie. They're all cuties. What? All of them are baddies. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing, Cloud? You yeah. could be 
Screw, screw Shinra. <laughs> you, why you can't? You okay? And you're a mercenary for hire. Yeah. No one's looking to like help you out. Like no one's looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. They're trying to hire you, well, Cloud. <laughs> listen, maybe this is the reason why Rule Thirty Four exists. K- kids, Sartimo, son, don't go on that site. <laughs> yeah, check oh it, my god! Check it out when you're older, I guess. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's square up the news. <laughs> Jeez, I was good, and then you got me. I'm good. sorry, that was good. No, it's fine, we're good. Uh, first uh, news story comes from the yeah. PlayStation blog. Uh, introducing DualSense, the new wireless game controller for PlayStation 5. Uh, we got this straight from points. the blog. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. to say, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're Straight fine. from the blog, uh, we just cut some bits and pieces out. Go check it out, go read the whole thing. Link down below. Go for it. Uh, so one of the things the DualSense does is haptic feedback. Mm-hmm. Adds a variety of powerful sensations you'll feel when you play, such as the slow grittiness of driving a car through mud. We also incorporated adaptive triggers into the L2 and R2 buttons of DualSense so you can truly feel the tension of your actions, like when drawing a bow to shoot an arrow. Uh, Battery and USB-C. We also took thoughtful consideration into ways to maintain a strong battery life for DualSense's rechargeable battery and Mm -hmm. to lessen the weight of the controller as much as possible as new features were added. The Create button. There's no longer a share button, as we had with DualShock 4. Don't worry, it's not going away. In fact, we built upon the success of our industry-first share button to bring you a new Create Button feature. With Create, we're once again pioneering new ways for players to create epic gameplay content to share with the world, or just to enjoy for themselves. We'll have more details on this feature as we get closer to launch. Built-in mic. So far, just a chat with friends. PlayStation Assist not announced yet. Uh, The light bar. Additionally, we changed the position of the light bar that will give it an extra pop. On DualShock 4, it sat on top of the controller. Now it sits at each side of the touchpad, giving it a slightly larger look and feel. Don't know how or if this works with PSVR. Yeah, so with that, I like how I gave no transition into the news, just went in balls deep on it. I appreciate that for myself. (laughs) Pat myself on the back here. Uh, So this came out randomly on a Tuesday late afternoon PlayStation drops this bomb that is, man, <laughs> the controller. We finally see a little bit about it. So You want to see the box? Here's the thing that controls the box. Bam. <laughs> I'm going to go to you, Ka. What, did your, what was your immediate thoughts? Because, boy, oh, boy, there's a lot of them. Of this interestingly controller. En- yeah, interestingly enough, I think the, the conversation around, like, was this a kind of random thing that kind of popped up? Interestingly enough... In, uh, Xbox was having their inside Xbox yeah. uh, presser or mini presser the same day, and they made sure Sony made sure to drop this before Xbox dropped their their mini showcase, which yeah. I found really interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, it's a gorgeous piece of kit. Like, I think it's beautiful. I think it like the aesthetic lends me to believe that the the, the PS5 itself will be white because mm-hmm. uh, they want to match the aesthetic. Um. And kind of the the the. Other two, well, there's actually a couple of things, really, because I think there's a lot of stuff to dig into. Dude. Haptic feedback, I think, is going to be actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. How they incorporate that stuff. We've seen uh, a companies kind of um, kind of move around the ideas that Sony has kind of put out into the world. That's the part mm-hmm. that I'm actually interested in is because Sony is, that is fantastic. The, at, is that the feature that, that interests you the most out of all of them? Is the haptic? I think... Yeah, because the, the the thing that I think is the most important and intriguing part is that what Sony does really well is introduce new things into the controller space. I think they do that 
probably, you know, second to Nintendo in yeah. that respect, because Nintendo was the king of making wonky peripherals. <laughs> but I think that the interesting part about the way Sony does that is either two things happen. They either really go uh, fully, fully deep into it and like make sure that games revolve around those features yeah or they kind of have it and it winds up dying on the on the tree right so yeah. like the touchpad in the pre in this generation before we hit the next one wasn't a thing that really was utilized well like, yeah it was a thing that was there but it didn't really get used well by developers in real ways. it was just like a pause button or like a, like zoom in pinch the map, you know, the map. yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, i mean the best the best uh use of it that i've seen in the generation uh that we're currently in was days gone mm -hmm. where they use that as a menu a, a mm -hmm. menu prompt right where you can swipe and go between different pages yeah, yeah absolutely and that was that was beautifully done by by the folks over who, who made that happen uh, at sony bend um but i think that right now with the haptic feedback parts i think that's going to play a lot into their future um movements with psvr mm. i think that's going to be a huge part of the, the the way that that scope works the fact that they moved the touch bar or the light bar away from the top of the sensor to the to the Basically, like on top of the controller. That was my thing. Also like, lends me to that, like to that idea. I'm like, how is that gonna work? Like, how's like, do, am I gonna need a new camera? Because I know PSVR is gonna work in, in 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 as a forward compatible thing for the PlayStation Five. But like, the light bar is a is a pretty big deal in order to track and to see just two little lines, and that's all you get. That's interesting. I don't think it's gonna use it. To be honest, yeah. I don't think that the light bar is gonna be. Uh, what is what the PSVR two is gonna see? Okay, uh, we've seen that happen with other with other uh, HMDs, other other VR kits. Yeah, where they're not using that version of infrared or or the light source being mm -hmm. the thing that it sees. Um, I think that again is gonna be a thing that you never looked at on your controller because it was basically a thing you couldn't look at. Mm -hmm. You have to mm -hmm. turn your controller basically towards you yeah. to see what it looks like. But now you get those indicators of like your health and all that stuff yeah. in that space where you'll be able to see it. So that's cool. It's gonna be real cool to see what they do. Um, and and exactly just how many developers like actually take advantage of the haptic feedback and, stuff in a real way, and that's what I, and you know leading back to what you said, like they either they either full on support it or it just kind of whittles away, and that's why I was very surprised that they were still sticking with the 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 touchpad as well. Haptic feedback, I didn't even think, and, and I forget that that you work in 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 the VR field, correct? I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I work over at Intel and there. Yeah. Uh, VR and esports department. Yeah. And so I didn't even think about the haptic feedback in terms of like how that's going to play in VR. So that's that actually gets me way more excited for it as well. Uh, Kyle, I want to know your thoughts here. What was the feature that sparked your interest? The thing that whether you like or love or hate this controller? Uh, I, I want to just put this out there. I love the way it looks. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I love the aesthetic of it. It still feels like a DualShock, but mm -hmm. it looks like future... This is next gen. Like, it just it gives that kind of appeal to mm -hmm. it. Um, also, the way with, like, the two-tone, the white and the black, yeah. I, I actually thought that the side handles come off as, like, move controllers at that first because of the cutout, like, yeah. divot in there where the touchpad is. Mm -hmm. And maybe the light is on the side there. And I don't know. Maybe that's what's tracking. Right. Um, but that's probably, like, like I was, a Mad Cat's version of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh, I was thinking that the, the white parts... Like, because it, it kind of feels like, like the black inner area feels like that was, that's where it looks like a dock almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think like the white part is, is like the haptic zones of the sure. controller. That's what I was sure, kind sure, of sure. thinking because yeah, yeah, like yeah. the two tone is a little weird. 
Mm-hmm. But but what was it, before we get into the weirdness of this controller, what was your biggest thing? Uh, biggest oh, I mean, I mean, I think we we both have said before, like how um, DualShock's kind of heavy. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're going lighter and it is a USB-C, thank God. Mm. Um, that's that's a big plus. Uh, interesting about the the share button is now yes. create. Um, I like how they say, you know, if you're not going to share it for everyone, just do it for yourself. Create for yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, that's <laughs> all right. I don't know many people that are going to sit hours and create something and then just not share it to the world these days. But who knows though? Like, and that's, yeah, yeah. And, and like that, that was my most, I, th- I think not saying exciting feature. Um, mm-hmm. but the one that intrigues me the most is like the create button. What, what yeah. are we doing with the create button? Does it get right into the, to the, um, to the studio suite that you get to edit on the fly? Like, what is the create button? Cause to me, you know, this is, I think the killer feature, this generation, not just for PlayStation, but the industry as a whole, like once PlayStation took this share button, ran with it, you know, we seen it's it's the the main way I like to share my screenshots. Just share the mm-hmm. screenshot, talk about what I did, like get it out there. Not only are you promoting the game and promoting yourself as a creator, but then you're also promoting PlayStation at the end as well, uh, with the you know PS4 or share button uh, hashtag on, at mm-hmm. the end of it. So it's kind of like a win win for everybody. To kind yeah. of do and it gives a more accessible way for for people of all kinds whether you can't afford a thousand dollar rig or not to go out there and at least give some type of creative input a try and so i like that that's that's available for everybody to use i want to know what again i want to I, I i hope that they don't bloat the feature by like i just want it to be like here's your share button here's your record button here's your going live and then whatever this create thing is uh the thing that also gets me excited and i know this is a weird thing to get excited about but the built-in microphone because for mm. me i i know for 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 so many people out there they can't afford a fancy headset or whatnot a lot of people use their iphone headphones so like mm. if there is a way to make gaming again more accessible for people of all kinds of all types of income that's awesome because yeah, some people can't afford a mic or their mic breaks and they're like, well, shit, I got to wait till payday. At least they have a solution there. Mm -hmm. And also it it lends credence credence to the idea that we're going to get that PlayStation assist thing soon as well. Cause that, that, that is something that I wanted. I I want the rumors to kind of either be proven right or be proven wrong where, you know, the rumor was they were going to charge you, for, you know, if you needed an assist to something, they would offer you a microtransaction or a loot box. I would like them to just go, no, that's not the case. Here's what it is. And it's powered by Bing. I don't know. Something outrageous. <laughs> you know? Bringing Bing uh, back. Well, because, I mean, you can't really use Google because you're kind of yeah, competing yeah. with them. You know? So, I don't know. Ask yeah, that's Jeeves. a good point. Yeah. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> the, uh, Sony would just make their own, you know, their own search engine. And yeah. Oh, be God. <laughs> That's either, that's either a sink or a swim and probably a sink. But yeah, for me, I loved the look. Um, and Famous Seamus writes in, he asks this, Now that we've seen both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X controllers, how do you compare the two? Because a lot of people are like, this is an Xbox One controller. Khalif, did you get the same feeling? 
I mean, I, I've been lucky enough to, to, to play around with a bunch of different controllers over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. The Xbox, you know, Elite 2, which I still contend is the best controller on the market oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Where do um, I have it? I have it somewhere. The uh, C40 from Astro, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is brilliant. I would have actually kind of loved for PlayStation to mimic the ability to kind of swap the button, swap the D pad and the, yeah. the other. Yeah. I kind of love that as, as a concept. I mean, it's fatter on the bottom, right? Yeah. That's what it basically is. It's a little bit wider at the top, a little bit fatter at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're kind of trying to mimic that thing that, that Xbox is doing, but it also still feels totally like a Sony product, which yeah. I think they nailed yeah. uh, with the aesthetic. What do you, how, do you, how do you compare the two, Kyle? Yeah, it's... I am one of those people that kind of like, yeah, that just looks like a regular old Xbox controller. It doesn't look mm-hmm. any different. Um but I, I, I definitely, you can definitely see they're going, they each have their own vision, I guess, yeah. which is which is nice. Um, yeah, and you can totally see how the dual sense is kind of like taking some Microsoft, uh, you know, some uh, some of their some ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like uh, something that we, we didn't talk about, I noticed like the triggers look uh, much more improved. Mm. Um, even the thumbsticks that have like the texture. Right. Uh, it looks like better mm-hmm. grips. Uh, so like they, they're definitely, it's not like it, it, every company pretty much like rips off other people's ideas. Right. right? So like yeah. it's, they're finally, you know, catching up to the times. So I'm like, yeah, the one thing that everyone says is like, yeah, the Xbox controller is more comfortable yeah. in most people's <laughs> eyes. Not mine. I love my DualShock, but like, right. yeah, why, why not take some, some aspects of that and throw it in the dual sense? Yeah. Like I could definitely see where there, where a lot of people are coming from where like, you know, you, you can easily make a Photoshop and this look like the, the same controller because to me, yeah, the triggers, I, I like them up top. A lot of people are like, oh, those are Xbox triggers. I'm like, are you, what, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no. Um, they look like fatter uh, PlayStation 4 tr- uh, triggers and the trigger aren't as uh, like indented. Mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well and the l1 and uh l1 r2 all the buttons are closer together there's no weird gap in between them and i mm. dig that a lot because that's one of the main reasons as to why i love the series uh x control or series 2 controller so much is that being able to hit l1 r2 on that controller there is no there is no movement of the fingers. It's it's just literally moving the the inside of a finger and just it's it's just so fast. That's what I'm trying to get at there. So like I could see them like the top. It, it seems a little top heavy, like an Xbox controller does. It's, to me, it's actually like thicker up front and it's actually skinnier. And that's where I think the 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 contention is towards fans and fanboys is where the. The, the grips at the end are kind of slimmer, so that means it's not as round, so that more hands or more types of hands could could hold it better than than the uh, DualShock 4 controller. So me personally, I like the changes, and whether it's taking some ergonomic uh, features that the Xbox has, so be it. And, like, mm-hmm. you're right, companies steal all the time, and, yeah, some of them, you know, more successful than others. So to me, I don't feel it as as a slight towards Xbox. Hell, if you're an Xbox fan, take it as a compliment. And if you're a PlayStation fan, I don't know what to tell you. Just hold the controller, judge it for yourself. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. And when yeah. Tim Wolf, uh, uh, again, patron friend of the show, he was just like, it looks like a stormtrooper. And I'm like, 
You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> that's Yo, all right? To, that's all I'm loving all these mock-ups of, like, fan-created, like, the, I forgot who it was, but, like, the the theme ones I, I sent to you over text, yes. like, the God of War one, the Last of Us mm-hmm. one, Horizon, Spider-Man, they all look so good, and if yeah. every single major game has a, a controller in that style, I'm going to be broke. I'll yeah. have controllers yeah. all over the place, because they, they look so pretty. The God of War yeah. one looked stunning, and yeah. I think that's... The the other thing that gets me so excited about this controller um, is the fact that f- maybe 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 Sony can get a, design like, labs. Is that what you're saying? Not just design labs, okay. but could get a little goddamn creative with these special yeah. edition controllers. They're a little yeah. plain as plain yeah. Jane, you know. Yeah. With that, let's yeah. get to the second question here. This comes from Nerd Guy Steve. He writes in with. The Dual Sense controller indicating a radical change in design for PlayStation. Do you expect the console itself to follow suit? Was the PSVR laying the groundwork for the new PlayStation aesthetic going forward? Bonus. Do PlayStation 5 boxes keep the blue or switch to the tri-color as well? Mm. This is a good question. I'm going to go with you, Kyle, first. What do you oh. think? What do you think the design of this bad boy is going to be? Do you think that yeah, this dual color is going to also be on the main console itself? Yeah, but I think it will pre- predominantly be white. Mm. I think it will match the controller in that the ratio of, of what the colors are on the controller. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it would look weird if it doesn't. Now like, my, they, they kind of have to pair up. My question to you is: do, What do you think? I'm thinking. Trying to think a little outside the box here. Mm-hmm. What do you think the the form factor of this console is going to be? Given that white is the color of this console, do you think it's a deliberate choice because the PlayStation Five design is going to be similar to a Series X? So they want to kind of differentiate themselves from the Series X in terms of the Series X is a cool black box, uh, PS Five is a cool white looking box. Oh, man, I hope it doesn't look like that giant tower. Uh, really? <laughs> really? I, I'm not a fan of how the Series X looks. No, I think it's cool. Eh, it's just a big rectangle. I like. Oh. I, I want some. I want something cool to sit on my shelf over there. I could. I could feel day. Luke Lore throwing his controller across <laughs> the room. Going, I'm sorry, Luke, but it's just. Uh, I, I definitely think it's probably a a, uh, a what's the word I'm looking for purpose decision okay to go with a different color than the standard black for every what seems like every launch console yeah in my memory when it comes to playstation yeah uh except for like ps1 which was gray like it it, it it's definitely a new step going forward for yeah. sure yeah i i i'm hoping that it, it's to me i saw a mock-up i put it up on that big games when we when i was talking about this um i wanted to there was like a pentagon shaped box and it looked dope is all hell i'm like give me this weird looking alexa i want that what do you feel about the form factor can you what do you what do you what your mind's at what i really want is sony to just fuck with people and just and just come out of nowhere and it it'll be a white box Mm -hmm. but they'll have like 16 different versions of it Mm. that'll all be various shades of white (laughs) so it'll be like mother of pearl It'll be eggshell, yeah. it'll be like e crew, cream. It'll be like you know, Opaque. random ass paint wall white. <laughs> like just to fuck with people, yeah. Just to like throw the internet into a tizzy and just like mess with people's minds. The, the ultimate loot box, yeah. The ultimate loot box, right? You don't go. You don't know what you got until you pick up the box. I could just and imagine. then you then you go and like 
compare it with the other ones. Like, yo, you go to Home Depot. Exactly. <laughs> Home Depot. Get a <laughs> color wheel and bring it home. <laughs> yo. For me, I just imagine the, the, the dumb YouTube thumbnails of like Allie like looking shocked, you know, oh, in the corner God. somewhere. Oh my God, guys, oh, God. you're not going to believe I got the eggshell place. You know, it's just like, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a bad intro. But, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. It's lovely. It's so lovely. Um, I, I just don't, I mean, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a horizontal box, yeah. honestly. That's I don't think it's going to be a thing where they're going to do the vertical, you know, Xbox version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who knows at this point? I, I just, they will probably match the aesthetic. They mm-hmm. have, If they don't, it'll be kind of weird, especially because Sony has been known for um, their branding. Yeah. In, in kind of a better, in kind of a more robust way than the Xbox folks have been in the past couple of years. So they definitely love style they had their own font yeah for, for 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 god knows you know so yeah. it's like yeah i figure it's gonna want to be i got a question for you okay as because dumb rumors happen all the time and as someone who is in the industry in a in a bigger way than than i'll ever be um my question don't you say that i have faith in you <laughs> thanks man you keep pushing damn it uh <laughs> for me i've been hearing these rumors that uh the playstation 5 it has heating issues. It's overheating. Mm-hmm. PlayStation knows it. They're going to change their form factor because of it. As someone who works in, in in the hardware field, is that how how without you know naming names or whatnot? How true and accurate is that statement as you hear it? I mean, nobody knows to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Like I, like the the things that I'm privy to while I'm in my day to day work. Like we hear rumors too. Yeah. We hear the the same rumors that you're hearing, or the same rumors that we're hearing for the most part. Um, I haven't heard specifically about ones around heat. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I would think towards that is less from any rumors that I've heard, but more from the conversation that Mark Cerny had when he kind of went through his his GDC presentation. Yeah, that whole conversation, if you really think about it from a hardware perspective, was around temperature, was around heat, was around how things are going to throttle up and down depending upon the work that the machine is doing mm-hmm. and how they're trying to offset that with, you know, you know, uh, the, the way the CPU and the GPU are going to wind up working. So I think like, that's not a thing that you've heard from the, from the Xbox side of it. And I think that's not just because of marketing mm. or because of hardware restrictions or hardware choices. I do think that is because they want to make sure that they're laying the groundwork for, reasonable expectations from a rabid fan base who has no information right now so it's like Mm. from a hardware perspective you never know because everything gets pushed out as far out as you can possibly think Mm. especially if the game is especially the box is coming out this holiday yeah which we don't know now because of covid and everything that's happening with covid and it eating up people's uh uh launch dates if they have issues with it now it's already baked in Mm. like they're going to have to mitigate what they can by, you know, fluctuating things on the software side. Okay. But hardware stuff is probably locked in at this point anyway. All right. All right. That's good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Thank you for all the insight. That's fantastic. Yeah. With that, Kyle, we got some sad news. Uh, beforehand, mm-hmm. before we get oh, to the sad sorry, news, yes. we didn't address Steve's bonus question What's Steve's uh, about bonus the PS5 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. game cases. Oh, um, shit. Okay. I kind of don't want the blue. To be honest, I want every new generation to have some a, a new look to it. Mm. I kind of like there was a mock up, I think, of Ghost of Tsushima PS5 box art it's with like, like the the black clear black case. Like I think that look, would look really really sweet. 
Mm. Yeah, they do like smoke cases. That yeah, would be that would be that would be super cool. That would be dope, actually. Something something gives me something scares me into thinking they're gonna be white cases. Like we. Yeah. Yeah. And then like <laughs> it's, it's so funny you be talking about cases when I haven't bought a physical game. And so, uh, like, <laughs> dude, listen, it's hard for a physical collector these days, Khalif. Yeah. It is real hard. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh man. And Kyle, one more question for you. And yeah, just yeah. A, a yay or nay on this one. Sure. I am torn between getting Final Fantasy Remake digital or physical. I have the digital, uh, the deluxe pre-ordered physical for 59 bucks. Mm-hmm. Do I wait the extra four days because Amazon screwed me over? Or do I just go for the digital? Oh, man, you gave me a yay and a of this. Uh, mm-hmm. pff, uh, man, I, nay. Nay? What about yeah. you, Khalif? Should I do it? I was going to say yay to wait. Okay. I was. I mean, oh, I, I swapped right? them in my head. Yeah, I would also say yeah. <laughs> I'm wait. I'm I have to wait. wait a week, Joe. So you have four days. I have a full week. That's <sighs> true. All right, fine. Yeah. With that, let's get to the bad news here. Kyle, would you like to read this one for us? Uh, Jordan Oleman writes: uh, Sony automatically issuing refunds for The Last of Us Part Two and Iron Man VR. The news was revealed via the Sony support portal, where a banner notes that players who have purchased digital pre-orders of either game will be reimbursed. Those affected by this should have received emails from Sony detailing the refund process. This is in response to the indefinite delays announced for both games last week. Iron Man VR was primed for a May 15th release, while The Last of Us Part Two was scheduled to launch on May 29th, 2020. This changed last week when Sony announced that logistical problems caused by the COVID-19 pandemic were preventing the company from, quote, providing the launch experience our players deserve, end quote. Naughty Mm. Dog wants to ensure a fair global rollout for all players, which means taking into account supply chains and internet infrastructure worldwide. So I'm going to break this down. Uh, Actually, let's let's do Moody's question first. Um, With uh, Mr. Moody writes in, Huge fan of the show. Thank you so much, Mr. Moody. I'm so glad you're okay. Everybody uh, is all right over there. He asked this question. With The Last of Us Part Two getting delayed, do you think it's only a matter of time that Ghost of Tsushima is also delayed? Heck, let's add Cyberpunk as well. Uh, P.S. I love the show. In these trying times, I send all my thoughts and my prayers to you, to your friends and family. Thank you. Right back at you, my man. Um, I'm going to go with you, Khalif. First, uh, initial thoughts of the delay do you think more is to come or do you what are, what are your thoughts go for it I, I think that's the biggest question for like if you're in any version of content creation or and you're talking to people about getting codes or about kind of you know ramping up your coverage for a particular game yeah. it is the first question you should be asking folks is like how what does your roadmap look like right now in terms of you know is your thing going to hit launch when you think it is mm-hmm. you know is it going to get pushed back um it, the weird, the interesting part about the the kind of bundling of those two games together in this one announcement is that Last of Us Two is the biggest game that's going to drop on PlayStation right for the foreseeable future, right? Iron Man VR is not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, but I will say like Iron Man VR resold me on VR on okay. the PlayStation platform okay. because when I got a chance to play it at PAX, I think. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah. It is a very cool experience. Yeah. Kyle the thinks the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the part that I don't get is like that game doesn't really lend to the idea that there was going to be a big, like super hard launch for that in comparison to the last of us too. And not to mention 
it's lots of marketing material. Towards yeah, you. like I mean, I get it. It's Iron Man. You want as many units as as as, as you can get, but like. I don't know, maybe it's just the way I play VR, but, like, the PS4 is my last, like, the last vestige of physical media that I consume. Even when it comes to, like, PSVR, I don't, I don't touch it. I buy everything digital if I, if I can. It's just weird knowing that, and I I don't know, maybe there's some analyst behind the scenes that knows way more than me, probably, uh, that, yeah, no, physical is still a big thing for PSVR owners, and that's why they're also delaying it. But, like, again, it's, it's PSVR. Yeah, I just thought of, I just Go figured out why they want to do it. Go for it. They're gonna do a bundle. That's why. Oh, that's the reason why. You're right. That makes sense. They're yeah, gonna they're sense. they're gonna do a PSVR bundle with it. That's the reason yep. why they they're holding it, and that's the, that makes sense. Well, well, just wait. Fuck me, guys. Iron Man Special Edition PSVR headset. <laughs> oh, oh man. Ima- imagine if they skinned oh, the VR yeah. headset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Then I can't front. That that that'd would be, make a lot of sense. Be like, that'd be great. God damn it, Mark! You got my money. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep. Kyle, uh, what do you what do you think about this delays wise and and uh, and more to come? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, selfishly, uh, this sucks. I mm. want to play both of these as soon as possible. But like, logically, realistically, this makes sense. Like, why there are more more important things going on where people need to use their money financially and. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, being able to escape in these worlds, even though Last of Us might be a little too close to home. <laughs> Maybe um, yeah, it's, it's the world without TP in the <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that stuff is like second nature. Yeah, uh, there's there's more important things going on, and like, it's not that it's it's not a delay because uh, at least in Last of Us uh, standpoint, it's not a delay because there were issues with the game. The game's yeah. like done. Yeah. It's just delays to make sure as many people can play it and not have other people spoil it because there are always those assholes that are going to spoil it. And, so, you, like, and yeah. you avoid the whole, uh, you know, what we're seeing with Final Fantasy VII, the rollout is so mm-hmm. weird. Very weird. Because of the distribution being so fucked up as it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I think the reason why they're not delaying Ghost of Tsushima yet is because they want to see where we're at at that time. So we'll probably get if if we're still in the thick of it by May, and let's pray to shoe that we're not, or uh, yeah, if that we're not, um, then yeah, we're, you're, you're going to you're going to see a delay for Ghost of Tsushima as well. Um, and like for Cyberpunk, I think we'll be fine by Cyberpunk. Knock on wood. Uh, but like for me, I, I definitely feel like you know what Khalifa was saying earlier is just like yeah, what is your rollout plan? And I think this also tends to my belief of why we haven't seen that much PlayStation five stuff is right now. The rollout is all types of tangled, you know, all these games with, with, with the situation at hand, they're trying to get their head out above water on this before they top the latest and greatest from PlayStation. So for me, it's not a big deal. I'm not even like disappointed at all. There's way more important things. And I big props to PlayStation. I know this is their store policy, but actually following through on it and by mm-hmm. going like here here's all the money back. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty that's pretty amazing. You sadly should expect it, but don't. <laughs> um <laughs> with that said, I know there was one more thing I wanted to tackle here. I got it. Uh PlayStation 5 coming up with the delay of The Last of Us Part 2. Is this going to be Hey, you know what? Fuck it. This is not a PlayStation 4 title. This is a cross-gen title. We're going to rip the label off. We're just going to call it PlayStation exclusive. 
and it's out in November, kind of like with Halo Infinite right now. It's just like it's on Xbox, the platform. Mm-hmm. Cleve, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? Where do you think, if not, this game's gonna fall? Oh, I mean, I think even if they were to hit their normal launch date yeah. that they that they shot for before, that this was gonna be a cross gen title anyway. You can't not have that be something where there's some enhancement to it uh, mm-hmm. that would be on a PS5. Because, like, think about the, think about how beautiful that game looks on the latest on the, on the latest version of what we have right now. Yeah. And just think about what that's going to look like on a PS5 when they actually don't kind of skimp on textures yeah. and they and they have the ability to kind of stream that stuff in faster. Like, it would be stupid for Naughty Dog to not already have a plan where that thing was going to be on both anyway, not mm-hmm. not via backwards compatibility. So um, you think there was a there was a team working on the back end for the PlayStation Five port, and now that this is all said and done, all hands on deck for that. I I don't know if it's all hands on deck. I think that you know if you're a first party company or a third party company who's like basically a first party company, then you're already probably have PS Five dev kits right. anyway. Right. Um. So it, it so it makes sense that you're already building off that anyway. Um, so I think they probably have a plan. Like, I think they have one. I think Tsushima definitely has one. Mm-hmm. I think, um, who else, who else is a really big, I mean, know, kind of, you know, like Santa Monica probably has one. Right. Yeah. So like they're, they're all like definitely tinkering with the tech already. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense for that thing to be cross gen for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, what say you, Kyle, do you think this comes out in November? Uh, she wills it. Oh yeah. And yeah. The uh, the question of uh, greatest launch game ever is will be squashed at that point. Oh, it, it'll shit. just be Last of Us Part Two. If that if that is a PS Five launch game, yeah. like I I don't know how much higher you can get when it comes to launch games. Yeah, and I mean I like mm. at the end of the day they need they could do to me walking in they could do the littlest improvements like they could be like yeah. instead of thirty it's sixty FPS yeah. like and then just yeah. walk away explosion in the background. Mm-hmm. And and we'd all be fine with it. Like to me, I do I do feel when I got the when I got the notice from uh, Best Buy. God damn, those bastards still have my money. But like <laughs> December thirty first is is the date they gave me. I was like, yeah, no. If this was like delaying it a month or two months or three months, this is delaying it by saying, okay, listen, we don't know. You know, rumor has it this thing might come back in the holiday season. Uh, so this is us kind of just. Holding off, we're we're not gonna um, fuck. I'll say it. We're not gonna blow our blow our load <laughs> in November, and God forbid we have to then set it back again till February or whatever. This is them playing it safe by saying, "Okay, we don't know yet. We know it's coming out, but yeah, I, I do think it, to me, yeah, not all hands on deck, but I do think the majority of the team." would be working on some type of either just at this point, smoothing out the bugs like they would typically do. And then by like early June, be working on the enhancements of this game. And since the architecture is so similar, I can see something, something a little special. I don't think like a whole uh, big, like kit and caboodle for this game. Cause I don't think it necessarily needs it. Mm-hmm. But with that yeah. gang, we got the last new story on the list. Man, we went long in the tooth here. So let's let's get to hey, it. Kyle? New controller that happens. I know that again. It's big news. <laughs> Kyle, what's uh, what's this other sad sure. news? 
Uh, Rebecca Valentine from Game GamesIndustry.biz writes, The ESA will not hold a digital E3 2020 event. It's official. There will be no E3 2020, not even online. In a statement shared with PC Gamer, the ESA has confirmed that it will not be holding an online experience for E3 2020, as it had originally planned with the cancellation of its physical event due to COVID-19. Quote, Instead, we will be working with exhibitors to promote and showcase individual company announcements, uh, said an ESA representative. We look forward to bringing our industry and community together in 2021 to present a reimagined E3 that will highlight new offerings and thrill our audiences, end quote. Late last week, the ESA confirmed to its partners that its next E3 event would be held June 15th through 17th, 2021. Meanwhile, IGN has partnered with several of E3's usual staple publishers, including Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, and Devolver Digital, to host a Summer of Gaming event in early June, which will include publisher presentations and announcements. This was... Okay, last week, Khalif, just to get you on, on, on board with this here, I was just like, it's weird, they're still not saying anything. Gamescom is really coming ahead of the message with going like, we're planning on physical, but don't worry, we'll refund you if it's not. And we have this digital event as well. Jeff Keighley wave. And um, <laughs> and now seeing seeing ESA now going, okay, listen, remember when we said we had a plan? Eh, it's kind of bullshit. Um, and them just saying, we're going to be here 2021. Um, I was I was listening to the Ryan McCaffrey interview with Phil Spencer where he's where he's talking about the future of the Xbox brand and saying how he was just getting off a, a call with with the ESA about the situation and it just kind of struck me as I think everybody got in the room and said why can't we just do this ourselves why do we necessarily need you and I I I think and I want to know briefly your thoughts on on E3 as a whole um what, where you think it's headed, if it's going in a dark path, and what do you think about IGN taking the reins going, hey, we're all about the news and what's hot, and we're the number one video game website in the world, will kind of be the substitute of all that. What are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, F you IGN for taking my stuff. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do all that stuff on Spawn on me, and you and you, you snagged it because you're bigger than I am. Whatever, bro. Um <laughs> I mean, I, I heard conversations from two years ago mm-hmm. at this point at E3 with some folks that you mentioned within some of those conversations mm-hmm. and others. Um, well, not 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 directly, but like in periphery conversations of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's been this the feeling that E3 as a as an entity as a show uh, was kind of on the downhill slide was evident for a long time. I think. Mm-hmm. The biggest, again, the biggest tea leaves that we saw were all the companies pulling out pre-COVID, right? Yeah. And then, honestly, it's interesting because as much as Keeley, Jeff Keeley, is like a part of the industry proper and like deeply embedded and knows everyone and all that stuff, I wasn't really on the like, E3 is going to not really be a thing anymore yeah. until he pulled out. Mm. And I was like, that's a sign of no confidence. Right. In in huge ways, when Jeff Keighley pulls out of your show, that's when you know something's wrong. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and to a certain extent, you know, like I don't know if 
anyone needs E3 to still be what it is. Right. In it's kind of like the pageantry. People like, I like, like, you know, people like the pageantry of a show, like Thanksgiving day, you're expecting the football game. You're expecting that goddamn parade. You're expecting yep. the, the dog show. That's what I'm looking at. God, they're all yeah. puppies, you know? So yeah, like, that's yeah. what you're I kind mean, of expecting. Yeah. You have an expectation. I think it's, it's, it's been a part of the industry flavor and the industry kind of things that you know to expect throughout a year. But I think that, the the blessing and curse to a certain extent to everybody else and sorry and sadly not to the ESA is that everybody's kind of already been doing this work and prepping for it anyway yeah. like Nintendo's been doing interacts Sony is still trying to figure out what to do with theirs yeah. and stuff a- um, Xbox got inside already, Xbox yeah everybody's already kind of doing the work even kind of funny when they when they 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 jumped up into the indie showcases mm-hmm. for the past couple of years like there are other places spawn <laughs> me huh, that people can go do that work. <laughs> And 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 make things happen yeah. um, that don't necessarily involve that entity as a whole. Yeah. It will be really cool to see how they how they what they actually do provide mm-hmm. uh, this this upcoming in twenty twenty uh, because I just don't know if people are going to still from a from a publisher and developer. Do you, do you think they're just like still rock with it? We're good. <laughs> like at at twenty twenty one. Do you think that's a real possibility? I mean. Uh, the the most telling answer I got from the interview I did with Stanley during the show was mm-hmm. when I asked him about the future of the show and he was like you know we really want to make sure that we're we're still bringing the energy that we have to all that to all those spaces mm-hmm. and I believe him in his want to be able to do it I don't believe the industry has the same need for the show that mm-hmm. the ESA has for it that and I and just as a person outside of looking in. Um, I don't feel like the ESA has the capability of pulling off that show that they want. Well, the problem was this, right? So mm-hmm. you had the you had the first year where they um, they basically had two years to kind of get their stuff together. Um, and the first year that they brought in the public was the year that it was probably the worst. Yeah. Um, not because the public was there, because you know I love you, public. I want to hug you all. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's also one of those things of just like you can see the very stark differences between the folks who run packs mm-hmm. and the people who run. E3 like I don't know understand why they didn't sit into a room and get it you know Tycho and Gabe and everybody in the room was like yo how are you doing this yeah because you can tell when you go to E3 and you see the public going into that show they are not prepared yeah uh, and therefore the the public is not prepared in the same way yeah um so we'll see like they had some smart things that they were trying to do for the press like give them press days mm-hmm. and then let the public come in and, and run through but I just don't see the digital version of E3 being as prominent or, or as good as the going to the floor, seeing the people on the floor with people behind you running around. Like that's the part that people care about E3 because yeah. they can go sit and watch all the press conferences from home anyway. And that was my so. thing too is yeah. Like for, for most people, it's, it doesn't really matter. You're going to get the same press conference. I'll go to you, Kyle here. Mm-hmm. What's the possibility? I'm going to bring you in on this. I'm going to get your hype up. Okay. Okay. IGN. You got all eyes on you. This is a terrific opportunity for them. Um, and when we're talking about like like the kind of funny showcase, there's a, also an audience, uh, a devout audience, and, and a culture within that website as well, between all the different personalities that they could bring something new. And what better way? They already had this planned. Kyle, what are the odds in this IGN special summer of games? We see Batman. <laughs> oh, Joe, man, 
Let me do a quick nipple check. Yeah, no, I yeah, that'd saw, be great. I saw it through, I saw it through <laughs> the camera. Uh, yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be that'd be really, 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 really cool. Because yeah. I, I think the the plan for that game was to be unveiled around E3 anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were supposed to have yeah. a presence. They were supposed to have a press conference. Yep. And and just to get a real question out here for you, with the digital event not happening, you know, we again we saw Bethesda going, we're doing our own thing. Um. Where where are your thoughts on on IGN kind of taking the mantle of what would be an E three, at least maybe press conferences or announcements wise? I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, I just I think even if IGN didn't, I, I just I would have hoped that all these companies would do it anyway, a digital mm-hmm. type presentation, just because that is again selfishly, that'd be such a huge chunk of what made my summer kick off the summer. Like I would, you know, call off of yeah, work yeah. and just sit at home and watch E3 press conferences all day. I've said this before, but I, every month or so I watch old press conferences just to get the same reaction. Just to and feel something again, Kyle. And, oh man. You know, like it's, uh, it, you know, especially like see the games that are, are yeah. announced and everyone's excited for it. And then after playing them like, Ooh, yeah, no, that didn't pan out all that yeah. great. Yeah. Like it's just, there's something special about E3 and the way games are showcased, and it's just nonstop. There's usually something there for everybody. Um, it's it's a magical time when it comes you, to gaming. Do you and think so like, yeah, IGN I'm happy could that cap- IGN's doing it? Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think IGN could capture that that love? Yeah, yeah you're I, saying I, no. You're like no. Mm-mm. You don't think so? No, I, I, and only in, in not to not to you know be the bringer of bad news. To differentiate between yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle <laughs> Kyle's nipple love. Oh, right now. <laughs> Um, put that on but, but I, it is it is I in in the same way that I agree with Kyle at the fact that that the uh, hashtag nipple love <laughs> at the energy that is there mm-hmm. during that show the thing that makes IGN and the big sites really cool mm-hmm. is the fact that they have all those embedded people on the ground giving you their flavor of it right, right. when point. you have the stuff that's kind of more truncated in this way and and now we know it's more than likely just going to be all digital things. You lose the flavor of the energy that goes along with that. Like, sure. Uh, really quickly, like being at E3 for the past couple of years and like doing the work of like trying to cover that show, it is the hardest week of all the t- all the stuff that I do in a year, right? Yeah. But the energy that you just talked about, Kyle, is the thing mm-hmm. that pushes you because you're mm-hmm. like, I know when I go from this hall to the next hall. I'm going to hear something, see something, or be a part of that energy. And you can't really replicate that thing. Right. You know, we saw with the WWE stuff, right? It's like, no crowd. It changes the way things move. It was different. Things, yeah. 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 It's, it's totally different. So I think, like, I love IGN. I think they do fantastic work. But I don't know if you can capture that same zeitgeist in the same way. And not not just that. And I know it's, like, entertainment news. And I know we're lo- running along in the truth here. But, like, you, it, also, you lose that kind of, uh, not like... I'm going to use this word because I'm lacking better ones. But like that journalistic integrity or separation of this title. Right. And what, like, are you kind of forced to say, oh, yeah, you know, Batman, you know, year one looked awesome when in fact it's like a 2D side scroller and it's, mm-hmm. you're actually playing as, I don't know, Superman. Like, it's like, it, it doesn't, yeah, go for it. Also, really quickly, like, one of the things that people don't understand is like when you're covering the show is that there are still surprises. Yeah. And when you're IGN who's pulling in all the assets already, you're pulling in all the stuff before, like you lose the ability to, to get, to be surprised by it. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that part of it too, you don't go back to the press room and you're like, yo, this thing I saw, everybody needs to see before you leave the show this yeah. year. Like you lose that because all those things are kind of coming to you already because you already have yeah. to make assets and yeah. build out programming around it. It's kind of like if you're making a sports center type of like like feel it's gonna it's gonna be weird that's how i'm thinking of it in my head it's mm-hmm. like you know you got the weird round desk they just showed something and like we're like please be excited like yeah they, they can't really do a pre-show if exactly. they know what's going on they yeah, can't be like right? oh what are you expecting yeah that's good yeah. and like yeah i totally forgot like watching day all day coverage of e3 where they would have like the developers come in and talk about their game for 15 minutes or so and then hearing about a game that looks cool and then just go and follow all that news coverage yeah it that that's would be gone if, yeah. if it's just like here here's a video of everything and not really mm-hmm. hearing from the developer itself in depth and hearing other reporters from different outlets talk about their time with the game yeah it'd mm-hmm. be missing for sure yeah so we'll see how it goes i'm interested but again this conversation is kind of like change change my view up a little bit because before i'm like okay let's let's see what they can do and now I'm like, all right, let's see what they can do. <laughs> <laughs> With that, some very quick lightning news. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man is available on PS Now. Actually, these are all the games that are available on PlayStation Now. Spider-Man from April to July 7th. Just Cause 4, April till Ox- October 6th. And then The Golf Club 2019. <laughs> yeah. To like whenever. They didn't give a, a date. And... <laughs> I got a question for you, Khalif and Kyle. Are you holding on to something? Just say yes. Just say yes. I am. I'm holding on to it. Kyle. Always. All right, good. <clears throat> Hold Kyle's nipple right now. <laughs> Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation onto the PlayStation storefront. The only problem is that there are way too many amazing games to list, so each host picks one game of their choosing and talks about why they're so excited. Kyle, I gave you this pick. You What's did. yours this week? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. A spectacular reimagining of one of the most visionary games ever. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake rebuilds and expands the legendary RPG for today. The first entry in a multi-part saga, delivering a level of depth inconceivable for the original. Mind-blowing story, unforgettable characters, epic battles, and technical excellence collide. There you go. This is your game. I'm excited game. whenever you get to play it. I know. So sorry. <laughs> Hopefully by next uh, next week's show, I'll, yeah. I'll have to. I'll sink some time into it. My pick, and you showed me this before the show, and I had to. I had to talk about it. Eye of the storm, Sharknado. Fight your way through swarms of hungry flying sharks in Sharknado VR. <laughs> Slice them with the chainsaw. Shred them with machine guns, or explode them with the RPG. Can you survive the Sharknado? <laughs> I need to see this game. So good. <laughs> like, so good. Amazing. Uh, Kyle, what's, 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 what's your last pick? Or sorry, your, what's your uh, game of the week? I was going to curb off of Kyle's and, and go back to Final Fantasy VII. Go I think it. it's the thing that you should definitely be playing. And also, I have to give you master props for mixing up the uh, promo theater movie guy <laughs> and also doing the mashup between that and the hormone monster from Big Mouth. <laughs> It sounds fantastic. <laughs> and I love as the way that you introduced the drop. That's fucking dope. The hormone monster. It's so good. Now it's that, so good. Now that I'm hearing how my voice is saying it in the end. It's editing, so good. I get it now. 110%. It's so good. It's so oh, God. Our last and final segment. And honestly, I would have skipped this one this week. 
because we're running along in the tooth, but I love this these questions we got. Uh, it's Andy's Snail Mail. Now, you know, each and every week you can send your questions in via PS Trophy Room on Twitter, Mr. Badbit on Twitter, or the Casa de Badbit Discord server. Or you can, you know, pen a letter to Andrew House. Each and every week I fly over, I steal some of his mail. Did I take, you know, I don't know, a plane from Chicago over to Great Britain, the land that is, and steal Andrew House's mail? Absolutely. And did I get two pieces of mail this week? You're damn right I did. And so with that, this question comes from the insipid ghost himself, and he asks this. Microsoft has seemingly stepped up its effort to re-enter the Asian markets with xCloud and Game Pass leading the charge. Does Sony, Sony need to react to this, or can it be ignored for the time being? Khalif, if I want to go to you here, uh, Xbox pulled like this incredible statistic. It's like 200% uh, uh, up in, in South Korea in terms of like players uh, gained there via xCloud. What do you feel like? Is xCloud going to change the way that we're, or, or, or the Asian audiences, South Korea, J- uh, Japanese audience, is, is that going to entice them away from their Switch or their PlayStation? No. Um, and also, I wish that I could do an Andrew House impression because I think it would be so fitting. Right I now. can do I one. I just can't pull it up. You got <laughs> yes, it? You got it? Please each and me. every week, Joseph <laughs> steals my mail. Uh, this is how, so real talk, and I'm sorry, we're, we're going to, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm derailing your derailment. <laughs> yeah, I'm derailing the derailing here. It's gotten so bad in quarantine, every time my family goes out for a walk, I give them an inspirational speech off the cuff. I go, listen here, we are entering into the unknown, but what we have is each other. <laughs> we have nothing to fear, but fear itself and people that oh aren't God. staying away six feet. Anyway, do you think it's so an good. issue? <laughs> no, well, honestly, that's a perfect way to segue that back into it. Thank you. Um, I don't think it's going to be an actual issue. I think, honestly, the thing that Sony needs to worry about aside from xCloud kind of chewing up the, the Asian market, yeah. is that Sony needs their own version of Game Pass. Yeah, They need that more than anything else mm-hmm. on the planet right now. So, like, cloud stuff and the Asian market, which I think they still have a fairly good hold in, mm-hmm. and I still think that people think of Microsoft as a American company over in Asia, in, in Asian regions, uh, Asia regions. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a thing to worry about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. I mean, as long as Persona keeps coming out on PlayStations over there, I don't. I don't yeah. think they have anything to really worry about. Uh, Kyle, what say you? Yeah, I think this is just more them um, reminding the Asian market, like, hey, we're a thing. Also, we have that giant game that's big over there that's coming to our systems. Oh, it's like that cart racer or a- no, that crossfire. crossfire game. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. But like, hey, we're a thing. We can play it here. It just it's yeah. It also feels like kind of like playing catch up. I'm just saying like fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like in the in the mind share over there, like it's okay. PlayStation first and right. foremost, and then uh, PlayStation Nintendo and then yeah. Xbox is just like, hey, I'm we're here too. <laughs> so. Hey gang, you bought fifty of us last week. <laughs> no. That I, I do think XCloud is not so much a game changer of of just giving a different experience to people. And I think the the changing metric that is players uh rather than systems being sold and i think that's what game pass offers and, and xcloud offers and yeah khalif i think you're 100 right man playstation now needs to get better and i think mm-hmm. we're going to see that with the azure servers uh via the help of microsoft and so yeah uh and either either way microsoft will be making bank because azure servers you know that, that them essentially 
that deal of them kind of renting those servers is going to make them money overall. With that, our last question. This comes from Marcus O'Neill. This one's just for you, Kyle. Would you like to read it or you want me to read it? Uh, I would be honored to read Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for Rogue Legacy 2? What do you hope to see from the sequel? Uh, I'm at a full 10. Again, yeah. nipple check very hard right now. Um, <laughs> uh, I What do I hope in the sequel? I hope to see more classes of, of heroes of, mm-hmm. of uh, to go in. I want to see more variety in the boss fights um, or just in the enemies themselves. Because yeah. it, it does feel like every, every section does have one or two new enemies, but they never really grow beyond that. Like okay. it, even even their super powered versions, it's just like the, it's like an extra burst of shot or whatever for every All level right. that they go up. I just want to see more uh, variety with that. But like, I'm so happy that wasn't an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I was so so happy. Uh, yeah, I'm very very excited. I went awesome. back to just see if I could platinum the first one, and the one trophy that I that I desperately need is impossible. You mm. have to beat the whole game with only using 15 heroes. Oh, Which is like, if you play that game, you know how insane that is. Yeah. You die a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not going to happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, there you go. And that has been the trophy room. But before we go, Khalif Adams, tell everybody where they can find you, sir. First of all, thank you both so much for having me on the show this week. That is a blast. I had so much fun. Thank you for uh, being on, definitely, man. Please. Yeah. Please invite me back on because that was a blast. Absolutely. Um, you can find out all our stuff on all podcast platforms. You can check out our Spawn on Me live recording of our shows on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me, usually on Thursday evenings around 7 p.m. PST. Uh, we suspended our Patreon to kind of help folks um, uh, deal with uh, COVID and not have to spend any extra money towards us uh, right now. But when it does go live, you can go check that out at patreon.com slash Spawn on Me where you can hear our secondary show called some more thoughts, uh, a cheeky, cheeky way to kind of get that across. Um, and yeah, like we're doing stuff all over the place. We're hopefully going to do a charity event, uh, in the next couple of months. We're just trying to figure out the finalization of those things. Uh, probably doing it more towards the, um, uh, the upcoming elections, Mm. uh, that are happening. So we're probably doing some get out the vote stuff there. Um, and yeah, just check out our, our dope stuff on all the places you find usual content under, Spawn on Me podcast, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and all those places. Yeah. Well. And, dude, thank you so much. Again, I know we kept you a little longer than anticipated, but the conversations were so good, I did not want them to end. So thank you so much, everybody. Please, 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 for the love of whatever deity, go check out <laughs> Spawn on Me. Again, Khalif Adams, you do some of my favorite work in video games. You're fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Kyle. Thank you, fam. Oh, no. Okay. Not not even not even the thing, man. Not even the thing. Kyle? Yes. What do you got to pimp out for us? As always, I like to pimp out myself. Ninja 73 on Twitter and on PSN. Uh, my show all about the kind of funny community called Best Friends Talk Funny uh, is at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter. Uh, if you're in the New York area, after all this craziness comes down, go to kindofnyc.com to check out our community meetups as well as our other gaming show, Platform Agnostic, as, and our uh, conversational show, Dollar Slice Pod. Um, also, shout out to uh, KFBF Josh Biddick, who had me on uh, his Kind of Funny Up and Comer podcast, where I talk about how honored I would be to get one of those spots uh, this year for the Kind of Funny Up and Comer thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. go check those out. Yeah, go for it. And with that, 
that's been the trophy room. Of course, you can always find me at Mr. Badbit on Twitter. You can find the show on YouTube at Badbit Games. And you can find the show also on Twitter, PS Trophy Room. And you can find the show wherever you get an RSS feed. Please, please, please rate us five stars. And next week, Todd Akshra, I will not forget to read your five-star review on iTunes. <laughs> but with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation.